cross the street. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the stream was bad. All right, Cross the Streams podcast, Kip Ione, Kane Ione, a couple coaches from Billings, Montana that now are college coaches, and we put this podcast together with the idea of, of just getting ourselves together first and foremost, being able to work together on something, a project together. Like it says, Cross the Streams from the old 1980s Ghostbusters flick where they talked about don't ever cross the streams, and we felt like, you know what, we want to cross the streams. We want to cross streams in life. We want to cross streams when it comes to our professions. And we want to cross streams when it comes to bringing our friends on that are are experts at certain areas that we're not and try and get a feel for how can we learn from these guys that are doing things in in other fields and maybe bring them into our own field, our our coaching profession, and and potentially help us in that regard. So that was the premise behind this whole Cross the Streams podcast. And I'll tell you, it's gone in a lot of different directions since we got going on this. We've had all sorts of guests. We've had a lot of just our own random conversations about a lot of different things. We try not to get too political, although we can't help ourselves sometimes. But we'll go into a lot of different subjects. And it's been a blast. And I hope all of you that are listening to this are having a good time. This is Kane Ione here today. And I'm doing a solo interview my first interview in a long time, and I'm not very good at interviews. I'm just going to be honest with everybody out there, but I think I'm going to be pretty good at this one because I've got a great guest, and I think it's all about the guest. Guest, and I'm excited about this one. I've got a good friend of mine, one of my best friends from back in Bozeman, Montana, that is an expert when it comes to real estate and an expert when it comes to Notre Dame football, Chicago Bull basketball, Chicago Bears football. Hair products, really good looking hair. It's my guy Jeff Rennie Renevere. He goes by Rennie. No one calls him Jeff, um, except for maybe his mom and, and maybe his dad at times. And I'm sure his wife every once in a while uh, probably throws out the word Jeff when he's in trouble. But uh, most of the time, he's known as Rennie Babies. But I'm excited to have Jeff Rennie Renevere on the show today. Rennie is a graduate of what he calls Titletown University, otherwise known as the University of Montana, for those of us that really know what it's all about, and graduated with a degree in communications from there, made the great decision to move down to Bozeman in around 2004. He's been in the real estate business ever since and is is also dabbling a little bit of football coaching at Bozeman High School. State champs, part of a state championship, couple state championships, I believe. He is now the managing director and partner at Coldwell Banker Distinctive Properties in Bozeman. He's also got a group or the Renovere Real Estate Group that he, he partners with his wife, Kelsey, uh, which is pretty cool. I'm going to ask him some questions on that. But again, a warm welcome to my guest, Rennie Renevere. Rennie, how are we doing, my man? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic, Ken. That was great. Not, <laughs> I appreciate not, you having me on. Yeah, not too bad of an intro, right? You feel pretty good that about that? Great. I mean, what really stood out to me was was clearly the hair product. Because mm. we can I mean, if we really want to dissect some stuff, let's let's talk Kevin Murphy product and I'm your guy. <laughs> you I know mean, what? If we if we could get what say that again. What what's your product? What's your what's your go to when it comes to hair? Kevin Murphy product is by far. There's a product that he's got out there. It's called Night Rider. I mean, Night Rider. Me, it's like 
when you're at the bowling alley and you're taking a leak 2 a.m. and you see the little, you know, dispenser right there and one of them's like <laughs> Rough Rider and Night Rider. I swear that's where he got his ideas for the damn uh, hair product. I, I love it. I love it. You keep plugging <laughs> products like that on the show. We might end up with a sponsor. You yeah. might end I mean, up with a sponsor. That's what I, I love mean, about here's it. Here's how bad it's got. My, my hairstylist just told Kelsey the other day that she's not going to start. Uh, she's going to stop carrying uh, Kevin Murphy. And I said, I need to find a new gal to cut my hair. <laughs> and that's how serious this is. That's oh, that is classic. You know what? I think my wife Carrie has some Kevin Murphy product in our bathroom. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Wow, I love it. I love it. But yeah, you, I mean. Like I said, just an expert in a lot of different areas. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I failed to mention that you're quite the stick when it comes to golf. You know, oh, you, God. Uh, they call you Rennie Riverside because you're, you're just well known <laughs> at, at my old club back in Bozeman, Riverside Country Club. Shout out to Riverside. Miss yes. you. I really miss the old Riverside Country Club. But uh, Rennie's a legend over there in his own right. Um, the guy <laughs> can swing, the, <laughs> the guy can swing the clubs. The guy is a, a, Travel um, extraordinaire, I guess. Uh, uh, he, he's if he's not selling and he's not on the golf course, he's probably somewhere exotic with his wife, and can come back and give you a full review of the place that they went to. Am I wrong in saying that you you you've traveled a little bit? A little bit, and by traveling, I mean go to a place and sit my my fat ass in the sand, and <laughs> you know, just have somebody bring me my ties all day. Are you kidding me? Like. That's how I vacation. Hey, that that is a vacation. That's what a vacation should be. Those of us or those people, because it's definitely not me, that actually travel and, and do some of these touristy type things oh, where you're yeah, you're uh, out and I don't know. I don't even know what you do, to be honest with you, besides go to a resort, sit your butt on a chair, enjoy some yep. drinks, some pool time, some sunshine. Yep. That's a vacation. Some of this other stuff, people come back and they tell me all these wild adventures they went on. I'm going, you must be tired. You must be exhausted. <laughs> How's that vacation? vacation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, we, we, uh, we'll travel and we'll go to someplace tropical because being up here in Montana, I'll tell you what, these winters can get a little long. You know that. Oh, yes. And, uh, growing up in California, it was one of those deals you're just like, Whoa. Like I love the seasons. Yes. I love the snow in wintertime by about mid March. I'm just like, okay, enough's <laughs> enough. And that's when we typically get on a bird and head South. So as you should, uh, yeah. That's... And, and we've, we've found that if we're going to go somewhere, we're going double digit days because at about day seven, when you typically have to come home, yeah. that's when you're finally, you've reached peak peak uh, of relaxation and it's like let's just go full throttle for a couple more days and then then you're ready to come home and that's where the anxiety sort of kicks in be like holy hannah how the heck are we gonna pay for all this i gotta get back to work <laughs> what's going on in the real world we've been yeah, down for exactly, a week and a half exactly right what is actually happening in the real world no that is uh, that is something i always appreciated about you man you're not afraid to get yourself a nice little vacay and explore, or not really explore, but like I said, no. explore resorts is a better word. There we it. go. Explore the resorts and, and really figure out how to get away, which I, is. I, I, I will give you a report on the best infinity pools in the in, <laughs> in Cancun. How's that? I love it. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. Now, the other thing I didn't mention in the intro 
is uh, Jeff and Kelsey. And there I go calling you Jeff. But uh, oh. so Rennie and Ke- I feel like I have to, though, when I mention your wife in the same deal, because it's not like when we got the uh, wedding invitations that it's right. like Rennie and Kelsey. You know what I mean? Right. So I feel like I have to when I put you in the same sentence as your wife, I have to kind of put Jeff in there. It's just a habit of mine. So so <laughs> Jeff and Kelsey, they're, they're expecting. They're expecting the first part of August. Am I right there? You're, yeah. you're about 33, 34 weeks close to that. 34 weeks today. Woo! 34 weeks today. Yep. Wow. Congratulations, man. That's big Thank time. You. That's big time. And with that being said, we're, we're trying, we're going to get Rennie back and we're going to have um, a segment on, on cross the streams called idiots to fatherhood. <laughs> and, and we're going to talk a little bit about just fatherhood, the little experience that we have as myself and, and then Rennie's kind of expectations and, and the experience of going through pregnancy from a from a male's perspective. I think it's going to be a fun show, a uh, fun segment. So I'm excited about that. So we will have Rennie back on. Um, but before that, we, we have to get to know Rennie himself and kind of his story like we usually do with most of our guests and most of our um, segment uh, volunteers. So you mentioned already SoCal, right? Orange Lutheran High yep. School. Yep. Grew up down there. Lovely weather, beach time. And then oh, yeah. all of a sudden, somehow you end up in Montana. What brought you up to Montana? What brought you up to Titletown University or, or also known as <laughs> University of Montana? <laughs> I know that pains you to say it. It does. It does. I, I'm taking a drink. <laughs> about 190 of, miles to the east. I mean, it, it's got to kill you a little it bit. It does. And I have to take a drink of my Coors Light every time <laughs> that I say it. Just as pure punishment for myself. Absolutely. Um, really, uh, what got me up there was an opportunity to play uh, play a little ball um, for the Grizzlies. Um was fortunate enough to be recruited by a number of schools, uh, Pac-10 at the time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. And, but knew it was going to be tough. I mean, I was just, you know, heck, when coming out of high school, I was 5'10", 165 pounds, maybe soaking wet. <laughs> yeah. uh, didn't exactly run a 4'4 at the time <laughs> or, or ever. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, Missoula was a great opportunity um, – Hell, before we changed coordinators, they threw the ball. They chucked it around the yard about 50, 60 times a game in the, the Brian Ayotte days. And I was like, hell, yeah, that's where I want to go. I don't want to block my entire career. And uh, by the time I got there, we, we got to be a pretty decent running football team. And I found myself blocking my entire career. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Yo Humphrey, if I, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, Johansson was a pretty decent running back Not back bad. in the day Not for bad. us. And uh, – you know, and heck, I remember calling my mother probably right after two days, right? So we check into camp early August, 1999. I'm 18 years old. I've never been away from home, <laughs> really by myself, more than four days. And I'm scared out of my mind. And I call my mom. Two days was just a, a bitch. It really was. Like, <laughs> I thought I was going to die. I was getting my ass handed to me in practice. Like, I couldn't block anybody. These guys were 240 pounds running faster than I was. I was like, oh, God, I'm in way over my head. And I called my mom, and I was like, she goes, Jeffrey, how's it going? I said, oh, it's going really good. And she goes, well, have you decided what you're going to do? And I kind of like, what? Like, Mom, I just got here. I, I haven't even had a class. <laughs> and she goes, well, I know, but do you like it? I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with my future. <laughs> but I'm never coming back home. 
Like, I fell in love with the place right away. I mean, wow. hell, yeah. I fell in love with the place on my recruiting trip. Yeah. Um, did you come up in, in December or January? Or when did you come up? actually came up in January, and it was yeah. really odd because, you know, one thing that I learned later, uh, my first semester there, was how long winter break was at yes. the university. Yes. I mean, hell, it was damn near five and a half weeks, <laughs> right? And so I go up there on my recruiting trip, and it's a ghost town. Like yeah. there's nobody to be found, and you know they'll they'll take us to a couple different spots, spots that I later uh, indulged in as a you know a, <laughs> a nineteen year old twenty year old sneaking in the back door. Oh yeah, and um, thinking to myself, where the hell am I? Like <laughs> for the first time I got a letter, I was like, Dad, where the heck is Montana? Yeah, going? exactly. Where I knew is it was that? up north, but I didn't know how far north. And oh yeah. Long and the short of it was. Like we, I got there, like you know, Friday morning. You leave first thing Friday morning. They fly me out of John Wayne, get up there Friday. Saturday morning came. We woke up, and there was about six inches of snow, and it was the prettiest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Yep. You know, a, a kid yep. from Southern California, where I, I, I didn't, I didn't own a pair of jeans at the time, right? Like I, I just, I didn't have pants. Mm-hmm. I had nothing but shorts. And um, waking up to that, I was like, oh my goodness, this is. This is God's country. Like I get it now, and I just—that's how I got up there. I was like, if they—if these guys offer me a scholarship, I'm I am in. coming here in a heartbeat. And in. sure enough, they did, and that's that's how I got there. That's big time, man. And you had a pretty good experience uh, as far as well, it was, you know, it was part, of a, part of a part of a national championship team, yep. national championship run in '01. Uh, yep. I played for one in 2000, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, yeah we, we, we lost to old Georgia Southern. Yeah, yeah. Um, so part of a little bit highs, a little bit of some lows, but you know, everybody <laughs> goes through those shoot. I was part of an old 11 team in 2000. So I know what you low is all about. I know what low is all about. I get it. I totally get it. Um, so you're done with football. You get your degree in communications, right? Yeah. What? I was, what? I, was, I was all set to go to law school. Really? Okay. And once, and, and once I stopped playing football, I didn't play my senior year of football. Mm-hmm. And I was, and then with that, right, I had to start paying for school. Yeah. And I had that sort of that, that shift and that, that mental, you know, shift in my head, like, yep. holy crap, I, I got to pay for school now? Mm-hmm. And granted, I, I was very fortunate to have parents sort of pick up part of the tab, like, and they picked up half the tab, but out-of-state tuition, even in the early 2000s, was oh, still pretty brutal. substantial, yeah, right? So no I was like, oh, man, I got to go full throttle to try and crank out essentially four and a half plus semesters, and I got it done at three. Mm. And I was taking summer school, and I was taking winter classes, and I was so burnt out because of, like, I was taking 21, 20, and 19, my last three Eesh. semesters Eesh. of credits. And they were like, okay, you can go straight into law school. It's like, oh man, like they deliberately want you to fail. They just try and weed it, weed you out. But so I just kind of took a back seat from that. And I was actually working for a title company in Missoula. And once I graduated that, the gentleman who owned that title company owned one in Bozeman. And that's how I got out there. Huh, he okay. said, why don't you get out to Bozeman, help that market? They were, they were terrible, right? Like they had 4% market share and, you know, within six months, we were up to fourteen percent, and I was I was the, a glorified marketing guy. Gotcha. Which yeah. which meant I I took real estate agents and uh, 
bank officers and lend mortgage lenders out to coffee mm-hmm. to <laughs> lunch mm-hmm. to golf nice. and maybe have a cocktail or two afterwards and i got bored with it mm-hmm. and then so that's kind of how i transitioned out of being in the title world into real estate and that's where in 2007 i got my real estate license and worked for a big firm here in town and i've been doing it ever since wow it's, that's, that's interesting man that really is like so was it just the fact that you're you're, you're basically schmoozing real estate agents right uh-huh. just, and, and just talking to them and having those conversations kind of lends you towards well i can do what you're doing i can probably do it better i, I think i think really for me the the big thing was when i was working for the title company right so yep. at that time all right, Kane, if you can remember, like this would have been in 05, 06, markets on fire. So every, it seemed as if, you know, if you went north, south, east, right, like you just, or west, like there was a bunch of ag land that was mm-hmm. being developed into subdivisions, mm-hmm. you know, and growing up in California with my, with my father, he worked for a big housing development company. Yep. And so when I would go back, uh, for heck winter break or summer break or something like that. My old man would put me to work. Yeah. And so I was always in that new construction and mm-hmm. I had a passion for that. And I found myself really connecting with land developers. And gotcha. so that's what really got me into it. Cause I was like, I, had to, I aspire to be one of those guys one day. Well, mm-hmm. it takes significant cojones and a huge <laughs> pocketbook yeah. in order to do that. Yeah. Well, I think I have the goal to do it, but I don't, I don't quite have the pocketbook quite yet. <laughs> and so it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to, to try and do. And part of uh, even Kelsey and I's goal for Renovere Real Estate Group is to have a new construction team, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Where we just do, you know, whether it's spec homes five to 10 or 50, right? Like that's something we want to do. And by doing so, we have to get out there and meet people. Mm-hmm. Get capital, get them to trust you. Yep. Similar to recruiting. Yep. And then say, "Here you go." Exactly. Run with it and make good on your on your promise. So that that I think is is how I truly got into real estate. Gotcha. So there you are. You're, you're now there's the real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Are you specializing in certain things, certain home prices, property? What what it what was your specialty? Did well, you, you know, right out of the gate, it was residential. Mm-hmm. Um, Bozeman's kind of funny in that there's maybe six, seven, eight agents that have a stranglehold on the commercial side. Gotcha. In the commercial side, you can break it down. It's not just hey, here's a big box store that's moving to town, but yep. I like the numbers side of it. And mm-hmm. so the nice thing about commercial is there's no emotion whatsoever, mm-hmm. right? Like buyer seller, they're just looking, buyers looking for a good deal. Sellers looking to have a great ROI. That's it. In residential, you run into, well, little Janie took her first steps here and little Johnny has his handprints in the concrete slab. Mm-hmm. And those are hard <laughs> things, and that's why my home's worth fifty thousand dollars more than the actual going market. And yep. those are harder conversations to have. Like, there's a lot more tears in residential than there is in commercial. Yeah, there's a lot more emotion. So, what I found myself, uh, not to cut you off, what I found myself really into was investment properties. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think uh, another mutual friend of ours, Grant Eve, like he's a he's an accountant, and I swear to God, I missed my calling. Right, like <laughs> I am nothing but numbers and trends, and those are those things just make sense to me. Yeah. And I just was like, how come no one? How do you, how do you not see this? And so I, I get frustrated when somebody just doesn't see. Hey, I'm looking for a six percent cap rate, and you're like, well, this is nine point two five. And this is a true cap rate. Why mm-hmm. don't you do it? Mm-hmm. So just break that down for us a little bit more as far as just in layman terms, what you just said right there. Because I know there's there's pl- there's plenty of people out there like myself that just mm-hmm. listened to what you just said and kind of shrugged it off like, yeah, okay. And then in the back of my mind going, what did he just say? Yeah, what right. the hell did that just mean? Um, so a cap rate mm-hmm. is basically a percentage of your – Gross rents divided by your sales price. Mm-hmm. Okay. So say you bought a property for $300,000. It's going to be really easy math. Yep. And you're able to get $30,000 worth of gross rents. And mm-hmm. so on paper, your cap rate is 10%, right? Yep. 30 into 300. Yeah. But a true cap rate takes into account all the expenses, all the deductions, all the appreciation. And that's where it gets really, really calculated and tricky. And about three years ago, I went to an investment class and that's when I had that, holy Hannah, this is what I want (laughs) to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what kind of propelled Kelsey getting her license, Kelsey handling all of the residential stuff. And I get to deal with, not necessarily just big money, but just investors. Yes. And that's what I, that's what I'm really truly enjoying doing today. Gotcha. Like I said, I, I am, there's a lot of things that I do know and these, these type of things I don't know. And it's, and that's what it's so fun to do this type of podcast and to be able to get friends on here and talk to them about exactly what they're doing and, and um, really dive into some of the details. Yeah. And Absolutely. without just, oh yeah, he's, he's a real estate agent or whatever. Yeah. And not really knowing Rennie in particular in this case, cause we're uh, got him on here. They tell me what they do, but it's awesome to be able to actually dive into what they really are doing and mm-hmm. the motivation behind it, man. So it, that, it's awesome to kind of listen to you just go off on, on some of these numbers and things. And, and again, I'm going, man, that, that sounds great, but wow, that is so over my head. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's not for everybody, and you're not the only person. I mean, heck, I have 29 agents in my office that would look at me with foggy eyes and be like, "What the hell did you just say?" So, yeah, I get it. I, I get it every day. <laughs> no, it's that's it's freaking awesome though, man. Because, uh, like you said, you go to a class, and and all of a sudden something just clicks in there, right? Like as you're going through this class, something clicks. And you're like, man, I I really enjoy this. I really love yeah. I love yep. this, and this is what I want to continue to pursue. Absolutely. Let's fast forward a few years. Yeah. And the title specifically, managing director. What yeah. does that consist of? What What's your day to day operation now? So, what I do on a daily basis, there's really three things, and one of them is recruiting. Yep. Right. So recruiting outside talent, whether it's a, an agent at a big firm like a Berkshire or an 
ERA or Keller Williams to come to Colville Banker. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part of that is training. Yep. So I don't claim to know everything. Um, I, I definitely am not the best at everything, but I have a lot of knowledge to pass on to my agents and I've surrounded myself with agents who are better at certain things than me. Mm-hmm. And I bring them into the classroom, if you will, from yep. a training standpoint. Yep. And then the, the retention, right? So those are the three biggest things, recruit, train and retain, mm-hmm. um, and retaining that current talent that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, Coldwell Banker Distinctive Properties is a new company in Bozeman. Coldwell Banker has been around since I think 1908 or something silly like that. Wow. I should know that. <laughs> um, early 1900s, guys, deal with it. Um, it was based out of San Francisco. I do know that. So There you go. Um, and we're a growth company, but we're not – if you could fog a mirror, you can work at Coldwell Banker. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking for a couple different things, but we're not afraid to invest in our agents. We're not afraid to invest our time yeah. into those agents to try and develop them. And probably the last piece of that puzzle is the coaching aspect. And this is the part that up until 18 months ago, I, I forgot I really had. Yeah. And I've, this has sort of been something that has been brewing within me. And it took one conversation with now my partner to really uncover that for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I coach my agents one-on-one. Um, and a little backstory on that is I paid a coach for 18 months in my, at the firm that I was current or that I was previously at. Yeah. And I saw, and, and like the whole point of it is accountability. Mm-hmm. Really, that's what you're paying for. And I saw an increase in my business of 48%. That's, wow. To me, that was a huge, huge investment. That was a big ROI on that investment. It was a thousand yeah. bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it was a chump change, but I mean, there was times where it made my butt itch a little bit having <laughs> to pay that bill. Um, but as long as I did the work, you were good to go. And so we're able to sort of offer that through me for free to my agents and they probably haven't seen the the full benefit of it, but it's because they've never been given something like that before. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I've, I've truly, that's the fourth piece of that or the fourth cog of the wheel, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, of what I do on a daily basis, aside from, you know, dealing with, Hey, how do I handle this scenario to how do I write up this contract? So all of that stuff and, making sure that the financials are in order and we're set to hit our numbers. So mm-hmm. no, that's really anything you can think of, I, I handle it. Exactly. Well, and I, and I think that comes with just that title of managing director. When it's all said and done, there's a lot of different hats that you're going to have to wear under that Absolutely. title. It's funny to hear you say just the coaching aspect of things and kind of the, it was almost a, a, an itch that you had to scratch to a certain extent because I know you as a as a coach, you were a successful coach. Like I mentioned in your intro, uh, you coached football at Bozeman High School for for how many years? What was it? Nine seasons, so eight years. Wow. Nine seasons. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And was I right in saying two two state championships and yeah. over the course of those eight years? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, 
it was uh, it was a grind to get kids to come out. And next thing you know, we're we're uh, winning state titles and competing every year. So it was a lot of fun to see that uh, that progress. That's that's big time, man. But you could just see I could in my mind I'm drawing the parallels already because you yeah. just said you just said recruit. You had to recruit kids out to get onto the football team, and then you had to retain those kids that you got out there and train them while as they were obviously chose to be. Bozeman Hawk football players, you're now uh, trying to train them and coach them up. Uh, you're trying to breed accountability within your team. And it sounds to me there's a lot of parallels from what you're doing now and it, with what you were doing there. And that whole coaching is it, – it's funny. It's really funny how that there's so many similarities uh, in so many different professions. It's – yeah. every time I, I do these – or we do these interviews and talks, there's always these parallels that you can draw from all the different things that people do. Yeah. And, and I really haven't even broken it down like that. So it was, it's kind of fascinating to listen to you here, right? Uh, listen to you, uh, spell it out and you're like, Holy shit. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. It really yeah. is like, uh, because you know, as a recruiter, you want to draw people to this experience that you are offering essentially. So, would you say you're doing the same thing when you're recruiting uh, members to your to your team? Uh, absolutely, and and that's the thing. When I go into uh, a recruiting appointment, for lack of a better word, so if I pick up the phone, I set an appointment with an agent outside of my office. Yep. My whole pitch to them is: I want to know how you do your business because I'm confident not only in the tools and the training and the skills that I have personally, mm-hmm. I know we can double your business. Yep. It's a matter of if you want to put in that much effort mm-hmm. to do it. So what's important to you? And so yep. by doing that, like I'm thinking to myself, if somebody walked to me and said, Hey, I can show you how to close $25 million every year. I'd be like, Sign me the heck up right now. <laughs> I will do whatever it takes because mm-hmm. with that being said, you're, you know, you're looking at a very hefty salary. Yep. Right. And people love that idea until they're told or showed how to actually do it. Exactly. And that's where they get paralyzed by the unknown. They get paralyzed by the fear. They just like, I can't do that. Like all those, all those, I mean, beliefs that like just like you can't make it happen right mm-hmm. and yep. it's total it's it's bs because you can do it that, that limiting belief that drunk monkey on your shoulder you got to <laughs> check him at the door right yeah because in this industry and just like damn near in any sales role and recruiting i hate to say it is a sales role oh 100 you're exactly right you, you get told a whole hell of a lot more than you get told yes mm-hmm. yes and no so doubt. If I'm sitting across the table from you, Kane Ione, who's a real estate specialist, and I say, okay, what's important in your business? I know I have a game plan based off of your answer to try and make that impact, to make Mm -hmm. that connection. Mm -hmm. Because the first and foremost, I'm going to make a connection with you. And I make it 100% about the agent and what it is that makes them tick and trying to figure that out within, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes of, of a cup of coffee. Yep. And from there, I, I just sort of just, 
my blueprint is my blueprint. My blueprint is, I don't know how I'm going to go into this. I just know I'm going to get the, the result that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. But right. every agent's different. You know, like some agents need help from a, from a marketing, from a social media standpoint. Some people just don't know what to say, you yeah. know? So then it's a scripts and dialogues concept. So mm-hmm. anything you can do to help these people. And they're like, well, hell, my current broker doesn't even talk to me. And we're like, well, why don't you come over here and we can have one-on-one coaching sessions for free. And <laughs> next thing you know, they sign it up. <laughs> and you mentioned accountability. And I think that that's a big word in a lot of different areas. Uh, it's huge, obviously, in what I'm doing. Um, what? How would you define accountability? How would I define it? I think it, it's it, it's a two way street, mm-hmm. right? So, say I'm coaching you, and you say, Jeff, I need you to hold me accountable for asking me every day, every week, every month, every quarter, whatever it may be, how many phone calls I made, because that's what it comes down to in this business. Mm-hmm. Right, like if you're not lead generating, you're dying. Okay, yeah, yep. uh, that's it's one of the five things that you have to do every day. And I'll tell you what, a hundred percent of real estate agents hate doing it. Five percent actually do. So, <laughs> do you want to be the ninety-five percent who just sort of eke their way through it and may get lucky? Like, there's a lot of people out there who are successful that don't know their ass from a hole in the ground, but are pretty damn good at what they do just be, out of sheer luck. Or that 5% that just absolutely crush it year in and year out. Doesn't matter. In fact, they have their best years in down markets. You figure that one out. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's just because of their mindset every day. So for me, accountability is if you say, I need you to hold me accountable, I'm going to look you dead in the eye. I'm going to say, I can't want this more than you. Right. Like if this is your goal, I'm going to call you out on it every day and we're going to have fierce conversations Every day you let me in, I will make sure that you get there. But if you're not willing to hear what I have to say and call you out, then mm-hmm. it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. That to me, I think, is is accountability. Mm-hmm. It's, it's doing something so you can actually say to somebody else who cares deeply and dearly for you that you did what you're supposed to do and you went above and beyond even what the expectations were. I believe that is true, true accountability. Let me ask you this. So yeah. what, what would you say is there's a, there's a premise out there, right? There's a premise of, of if you don't know real estate, don't get into it. Don't mess with it. Cause you could lose a lot of money. Well, How, what would you I, say to that? completely agree with it mm-hmm. but that's just because of if you show me an investment analysis yep. right and any decent real estate agent who knows what the hell they're doing should be able to provide you with something like this yeah and if there's an roi that's in the red well that is a poor investment <laughs> pretty right? cut and dry like, i mean pretty easy yeah, that one. I mean, it's it's black or white, and I know it's it's black or red. But in this situation, like if there's a minus in front of it, probably not a good idea. <laughs> but I would take that one step further. An accountant might say otherwise, because sometimes having a depreciating asset like that mm-hmm. or a negative return is actually more beneficial for your taxes than you actually think. Mm. Okay, and so so I think you if. If it's all about the money, right, it's it's 
short term versus long term. It's yeah. uh, you know betting on a future growth spurt. That I think is where you get in trouble. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Like if you were to say, "Hey, listen, there's some town outside of." Missoula is supposed to be the next Bozeman yep. and I'm going to put all my eggs in that basket. Probably a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if you say now, I think it's a good time to invest in New York city real estate. Probably a bad idea because it's never been higher. <laughs> exactly. You know, so it's, it's, it's just all about your comfortability and really what your threshold is. Gotcha. We'll, we'll still field phone calls, Kane, and like, I want to buy foreclosure. Well, first and foremost, there's about six and a half foreclosures all in Gallatin County. That's not a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I want to buy it for $22,000. I go, stop watching HGTV. <laughs> like, that is not Bozeman, Montana. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where that is in the state of Montana. I can <laughs> find you an acre in Forsyth for maybe sixteen hundred bucks, but that's about it. <laughs> oh God, I bet you. I bet there are quite a few of those calls. Oh man, don't even get me started. <laughs> that, that there's a ready rent. I was going to say that, that's uh, that's the ready rent I want. That's where oh, I want to just go off the handle on, on some of these things oh, that are happening to these you. People. Because these of, people are outrageous. Yeah, because they, they watch, like you said, HGTV or these, uh, what is it, the flips and, and all these house yeah, flips. Flip and or flop. Flip and, or flop. And, and, oh, God, and, flipping Las Vegas. And, <laughs> and who it, the hell wants to live in Detroit? Or well, there's no one a, wants to live in Detroit. Exactly. There's a, right, that's why you can buy a house for 22 grand. <laughs> and, you, know, these, you see these Facebook ads that pop up and, and things that pop on people's social media that are telling them how they can just get rich off these real estate schemes, essentially. Oh, yeah. And I think it, it almost gives it the entire uh, genre a bad, a bad rap to a certain extent, because now all of a sudden it's this get rich scheme and it, it's not yep. a get rich scheme. It, you got You still have to be smart. You still have to know what you're doing and you can't just go into it going, oh, I'm going to fling some money at this thing and, and get this great return and, and, um, in response, well, well, not to not to even go really crazy into the weeds, but speculative building. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you really, really broke it down, and I mean, granted, there's a lot more smarter people out there in the world, but really, what kind of set us off there in 2007, 2008 was speculative condo high rises in Miami, Florida. Mm. Right. So what what had happened was you have let's just call it maybe a 30 story condo high rise. Okay. Yep. Have a thousand total units and they have let's call them 750 uh, like letters of intent, if you will. Mm -hmm. Well, so that builders keeps going back to the bank and saying, hey, listen, I have all these people that are ready to buy today. And then something happens, whether it's the actual crash itself, but the long and the short of it is people bailed. And next thing you know, you have these shells of these 30 story buildings where people, banks have lent hundreds of millions of dollars. Yep. And then they're selling those loans, selling, and you're just like, that's how we got into this mess because people just thought it would never end. Yep. And it came to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. 
and we, we found ourselves in an economic crisis for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And we're clawing our way out of it. In fact, some would argue that we're at the absolute peak here locally in our home values. And if you look at the number, yes. If you look at the units sold, we're not. Gotcha. And so which, which, what is it, right? The, yeah. the cart before the horse or exactly. the chicken before the egg, right? So yep. that's where people are like, well, what the hell is going to happen here? Mm-hmm. And that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering the same damn thing. Like what, right. what's going to happen when do I need to sell? I've got, I've right. got property. What do I do? You know, yeah. I talked to my wife about that on a daily basis. Like, holy shit, is this going to, what's happening? Cause every day we look at the value and it continues to go up, yeah. but at some point there's a breaking point, right? Yeah. At some point it can't just keep going up. That just isn't, that isn't real. It's a, it sounds like a fun, crazy, all of the above type industry when it's all said well, it, it's it's interesting because you can have four different types of conversations with four different people in the span of an hour right like <laughs> you have the pessimist yep. you have the, the true optimist yep. you have that spec guy going ah, i think i might be able to or that person who's on the fence going can i make this happen financially mm-hmm. and it's a different conversation with each one of those people about the same product yep you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. That it's really, crazy. really bizarre. So, that is and crazy. then you'll get the, then you'll get the customer who is all over the map, who changes their mind every 15 seconds. And you're like, <laughs> man, I, it is hard for me to do my job because you keep changing one, your budget to your location and three, what you're ultimately trying to do. <laughs> you're like, shit, <laughs> help me out here. <laughs> what, um, what are some some other common mistakes that you see out there that people make when, when it comes to either buying, selling, investing? What are some common mistakes? What are some things that trip people up? I think for me, when when, when we're taking people, potential buyers, yep. right? and this is going to sound really, really bizarre, but just walk with me here for a second. Yep. When, when we're showing property to a potential buyer, right? Whether it's a husband and wife with one kid and they got a kid on the way and they're like, yeah, we can be here. We can be here. We can be here. What, instead of saying, Oh my gosh, check out this view. And Oh my gosh, look at these quartz countertops. I'm saying, look at the stuff that you think you would need to fix in order to sell it. Hmm. So I, I, I try and get them to think the end game. Yep. Cause rarely, all right. Like, Times have changed. Like this is not our parents' homes anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like mom and dad grew up in the same home yeah. for twenty Forever. plus years. Exactly. Mom and dad raised me in the same. They lived in the same house that I was born in. Sold it thirty years later, right? Like people on average will move every five to seven years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. You have a hundred people in your database, and if let's just say it's five, mm-hmm. every year twenty people are moving. To put it in perspective, wow, yeah. And so some people are downsizing. Some people are saying, "Heck, we just had another kid, so now the seventeen hundred square foot three two doesn't work for me. We need a four. Be- we need a fourth bedroom because we still have to have uh, a guest room." Mm-hmm. Kids don't shack up with each other. Right? So every kid has to have his own bedroom. 
So what we try and educate our folks on is like, guys, this is great. This is quirky. You can kind of live with it. But if, if it's something just totally outrageous, you're like, your pool of buyers gets smaller and smaller the goofier that house is. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. So that that's kind of how we try and prevent people from making a poor decision. Um, and then I think first and foremost, too, even to back that thing up, like – you still get the lenders every once in a while and say, Hey, you're qualified for 400,000 and your, your mortgage payment's going to be 2,500 bucks, but you only bring home 22 yeah. a month, yeah. but you can still afford it. And you're like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> like there's more going out than coming in. Let's not, let's not play that game. That's not trying to turn that's, a light on. That's not trying to put food in your belly. None of those things. There's so, a, yeah. There's a lot of other things going on in life that you yeah. need to pay attention to here. So we, we try and educate our folks on that. We're like, hey, listen, I know what are you most comfortable? And then once they say, they say it's two grand a month in a, you know, PITI, yep. you know, principal interest, taxes, insurance, monthly payment. And then we can work backwards from there and come up with an actual, I guess, loan amount, meaning we can add that to a possible down payment and figure out what our sales price would be. Mm-hmm. Speaking of good work, let's flip it a little bit and yeah. let's just talk about your Renovir real estate group okay. and your wife working with your wife, right? Your wife, very successful. I read her bio as well. Um, as far as you just got to Google you guys, any, any of you <laughs> listeners out there, just Google the Renovirs and, um, <laughs> you know, obviously successful, uh, business, manager i guess you could say business yeah. however you want to put it uh she she ran a lot of different city brews and, and really was a successful in that regard or in that arena now makes the jump into your arena correct mm -hmm. and yeah. so how's that going how's that transition just working with your wife on a daily basis to a certain extent how's that going it's going awesome Mm -hmm. Now, and, and might, believe me, she she might not listen to this, right. and so you don't have to necessarily give the right answer that you think you have to give. If it's not going well, just be honest. No, no, no. I, and, and I, <laughs> I am being honest. I, I was I know, about yeah. ready to say she might have a different answer. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> um, we need to get, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a I great think you, you might need to get a little cameo from old uh, Kelsey <laughs> and say, and she might be. She, I, I guarantee I know exactly what she'd say. She goes, "Jeff's the worst worst teacher in the world <laughs> to me. He's the best with everybody else. He's the worst with me. <laughs> He's the hardest on on her. I'm sure, right? Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's one of those things, right? Yeah. Like I tell her once. Yep. I shouldn't have to tell you twice. <laughs> exactly. But if, if it's an agent who's been doing this for 9, 10, 11 years, I will take the time to tell them 58 different times <laughs> on how to do it. But yeah. when it's your wife and it's, you share an office with her, yep. you just want to look at her and be like, really? How many fucking times do I got to say it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, there's no question. <laughs> and I'm just in my own mind thinking, how would it work with Carrie? How would how would right. that go with Carrie? And I, it would be the exact same. Yeah, there would be no wiggle room at all. There would be zero 
give or take. It would just be, I told you how to do this. I've shown you how to do it. Because believe me, I mean, just the some of the simplest things that we do around the house or some of the things that we do together, projects uh-huh. that we do together, the arguments that erupt, they're <laughs> phenomenal. They're absolutely phenomenal. They are, oh, yeah. I mean, you could do a podcast on those alone. Uh-huh. And, but yet, no, it, it's 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 difficult. It's, yeah. it's different. I maybe difficult is not the right word. It's it's very different. I've never mm-hmm. experienced anything like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been some learning curves for sure. Um, she's realized that she can ask me a question, and I'm literally trying to comprehend what she's asking. So I just it on the outside. It looks like I'm completely shutting down, but I'm yeah. trying to formulate a response <laughs> that is a real deal. So yeah. here's a perfect example, right? So yep. we get this real estate agent to call us. She calls on like a Sunday morning at like 8.49 a.m., mm-hmm. okay, and says, we want to show your property up in Spring Hill Reserve. Okay, well, what do the showing instructions say, lady? It says it's, it's a vacant lot. Drive by the damn thing for all I care, right? <laughs> exactly. Every document that you need is on what we call associated docs. So she just has to go on our MLS. She can pull all this information. So Kelsey's talking to this gal on the phone, and she's got her on speakerphone. And she asks a question. And I'm literally trying to like, oh, what the heck? I didn't even think about that. And Kelsey's looking at me, Kane. I shit you not. And like her eyes are popping out of her head. And she's got her <laughs> hands up in the air like, what, what the, the hell are we supposed to say to this woman? And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking at her kind of like blank stare. <laughs> and she kind of like, I forget what the hell she says, but she gets off the phone. She hangs up the phone and she goes, what the fuck was that <laughs> you left me hanging and of course it's world war three after that right? oh, of course. so i was like well, I, I didn't know what to say and she goes this is what you do and i looked at her and go this is what you do <laughs> <laughs> and so of course that went over like a turn to punch bowl but and you're just like oh, okay all right so it, it's, it's kind of funny there's there, there's been some times where like because and it, it is it works really really well right mm-hmm. like yep. that husband wife dynamic yep. And, yep. you know she's able to make a connection maybe a little deeper with the wife and I'm with the husband or vice mm-hmm. versa mm-hmm. and it's it's been a really really good scenario and I think people enjoy working with us because yep. we do have a ton of fun there's no question um, well I can and, attest to that for sure right exactly and so. It's it's funny when when we have sort of these high stress moments and they're just these five ten minute stress like holy shit what's going to happen next kind of a thing and then you're just like she's in the office right like we're four feet away from each other yeah so I'll wheel my chair <laughs> over there and be like honey I'm sorry but like here's where I'm coming from and you know then I have my own agents coming into the office and I'm like ah. <laughs> So I'm trying to have this this heart to heart with my wife, who's my wife and my wife first, yeah, and then my business partner. Exactly, exactly. And like, I need to make right with my wife before I can handle anybody else, because if she's pissed, it's gonna mess with my day the rest of the day. Yep. 
So the rest of the day and the rest of the night. It's been pretty fun. It's been pretty fun. That's for damn sure. That's awesome, man. That's big. Fun. Yeah. Um, God, I had another question for you. That oh yeah, obviously this is one that it, on all of our cross the stream podcasts guests we have to ask. What was your cross the stream moment? Meaning, what what at what point over the course of your career and your profession was there just a moment that you just People were telling you, ah, I'm not sure you should do that. And you researched it. You looked into it. You said, screw it. I'm going for it. And it turned out to be the best decision you could make. Where, where were those? And it could be a couple of them. But mm-hmm. what was that moment? Well, I mean, the, the one that jumps off the page is the one I'm living in now. Yeah. And little backstory, I was – I was at a firm Keller Williams for 10 plus years. Yep. And I remember that. it was, it was a big firm there in town and, and, you know, over a hundred agents, that kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. I was being groomed for roughly five years to take over that managing broker position. And I turned down countless opportunities to go to other places. Um, countless opportunities to start my own countless opportunities to take on a new, uh, firm there in town with that same role. Um, just a little smaller scale and the long and the short of it was I go through the interview process and absolutely smash it out of the ballpark. I knew every question before they asked it, right? Like I'd never studied so hard for something in my life, Mm -hmm. including the SATs and everything (laughs) that I took in college. Okay. Yep. And I didn't get it. Mm. And they, told me that I didn't get it with a note in my mailbox in the office. Oh, man. Like they didn't have the, the, the courage. The plums. To pick up, yeah, the plums. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> to uh, pick up the phone and call me. And here was the part that hurt the worst. Yep. The person that I was going to be replacing was my current business partner. Mm. Right? Wow. Like we were yeah. a team. Yep. Just like Kelsey and I are a team, I was a team with her, and like we couldn't be more opposite, right? She was 75 on her way out the door. I was 35, just going full throttle, trying yep. to make this thing happen. And she didn't have the guts to tell me that I didn't get the position. So talk about a guy being low. Um, then one day uh, I'm at a training, probably about a month and a half after that, and as real estate agents, I think if anybody were out there listening, the phone calls you side button are the phone numbers you recognize if you don't have the time to talk to them. The phone <laughs> calls you answer are the phone numbers you don't, you don't recognize yep. because you don't know if they're a buyer or a seller or a referral. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I quickly try and get this phone call. And it's, it's a gentleman from Coldwell Banker. And he says, hey, you don't know me from Adam. But I heard I need to talk to you, so just give me a call back. Mm-hmm. And I call him back, and he's like, hey, my name's Todd Conklin, and I want to meet you. Okay? Like, who the hell are you? That kind of a thing. I'm like, sure, whatever. Like, my dad always told me talk is cheap. Yep. So I meet this guy, and Kane, I am sick as a dog the day I meet him. <laughs> like, I'm as white as oh, a, as a sheet me. of computer paper. Oh, right? God, that's the worst. And, and of course, I'm at City Group because why wouldn't I? You know, yep. keep it in the family. Of course. Um, and I'm just I'm basically like laying on the on the high top table, and I'm like, dude, I'm sick as a dog. My name's Jeff. I got great hair. What do you need? You know? 
and, and so he's talking and he's chatting me up and, and we're just having this great conversation. It was just that instant connection. And he's the one that sort of uncovered this, this, uh, that, that coaching bug back in me. Yep. But more importantly, like he told me something and I was like, even if he's full of it, <laughs> I believe him. Yep. And he wakes up every day and he asks himself, to this day, whose life can I change today? Hmm. And that resonated with me. No question. And I was at the end of that thing, Kane, after about two hours of visiting with this guy, I was about ready to run through a brick wall for him. That's big time. Man. And I was like, this is I like I, I I saw Kelsey immediately afterwards and she goes what was that all about and how was it? I said, honey, I don't have a clue what he wants to do, but I want to work for this man in some capacity. And maybe two and a half months after that, we were having constant conversations, probably weekly, this, that, and the other, vetting each other, going back and forth. He offered me the position of managing director and to be his partner. Wow. And I was like, Dude, I couldn't I couldn't sign on the paper fast enough. <laughs> and so that was my cross the stream moment. Yep. Right? Like where you couldn't get any lower and defeated yep. to have this opportunity to where I'm at now and having that ability with the support that I have to make an, a positive impact on real estate agents' lives, going back to my coaching days, which yep. That was my whole point in wanting to coach high school kids. Exactly. So wow. it's, it's really come full circle. No, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that is big time, man. Like you said, to to just go from the lowest of lows, yeah, and end up at highest of highs, and, and in yeah. a, and in a situation that you absolutely love and enjoy. It's it's amazing, man. Everyone's story is so unique and so different, and. Yep. You know, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. That's one of the, the things that I awesome. values that I hold on to. And I know and, and trust that there's a plan out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I try and be positive with every outcome or everything that comes as far as situations that are presented. And that that type of situation is will test that a little bit. Well, look, so check this. Right. So that was in 2017, first part of 2017. Yep. Up until June of 2017 or the end of May of 2017, the only good thing that happened to me was getting married to Kelsey. Everything else, like my business took a 70% hit in 2017 because of that transition, Mm -hmm. because of how defeated I was. Like I was depressed, man. Like I was – I got kicked out of my damn office at a firm that I'd worked at for 10 years. I was working out of my third stall garage only to see like from that, see my dog of 14 years get hit by a car, right? Like this was, I mean, everything was coming down around me. And I, I I just, I was like, holy shit, what else can I handle? And you know, my entire family, whether it was my mother my father, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, Jeff, everything happens for a reason. Every ha- every, everything happens for a reason. I wanted to strangle him. Like, no, this is not what's supposed to happen. But now you fast forward and you're like, thank God that happened. 
it was it was just like when you're a prisoner in the moment you just you you're like what the hell did i do what happened how did this get ripped away from me mm-hmm. only to have it now going what a huge blessing in disguise. <laughs> exactly right there. You just said massive it. blessing a in disguise. Blessing in disguise. So, and that's yep. what's so funny that, that so many of those things that happen over the course of everyone's life that you see initially as a as a loss, as a as a fail of some sort, mm-hmm. and ultimately it ends up being the best thing that could happen to you. Absolutely. And leads you down a path that you may never have thought that you were gonna go a stream per se that you never <laughs> thought that you were going to travel down or that you were going to cross. And the next thing you know, on the other side of that stream or, or on the other side of that path, at the end of the path is some of the best things that has ever happened to you. Yeah. It, that's awesome. Well, listen, Randy, I don't want to keep you too much longer, man. I, I, I appreciate your time. This has been awesome. Um, Thank you for having me, Kate. Oh, Of course, man. It's been great. And there's a lot of great information as far as the real estate biz is concerned. Uh, but just been fun to just kind of hear your story and, and everything that's involved or gone into it. And we're going to do it again. We're going to get you on here again. Perfect. And, and uh, hopefully we can get uh, Dustin on here and we can talk about our uh, fatherhood and, and your soon to be fatherhood. Yes. I think that'll be a fun segment, man, to have you back on here. But again, appreciate your time. Is there anything as far as social media wise that any listeners, is there anything that you can put out there for them to be able to contact you with Twitter, Facebook, email, anything that they can look you up on that you want to put out there for them? Yeah. I mean, uh, the Renovate real estate group. Yep. You heard me. The Renovate real estate group, uh, <laughs> On both the old uh, Facebook and Instagram, um, nice. follow us, send us a like. If you have questions, we're always there to answer any and all those things. And um, one thing that I always try and teach my people and always remember is I'm not here to hard sell you. I'm here to add value. And, you know, if, if there's a, a real estate question, I'm your guy. If there's a social media platform question like how the hell do i get more followers you need to talk to my wife because <laughs> she's she's the brains behind that operation no doubt about it but uh that's where you can find us linkedin uh as well just under jeff renevere and uh yeah that i appreciate that awesome awesome man well again cross the streams podcast you can find us at Cross the streams, cross the underscore stream. That's our Twitter at cross the underscore stream, cross the stream podcast at gmail.com. You can stream us on anywhere you find your podcast, whether that's iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, wherever you find podcasts, you can find cross the streams podcast, Kip and Kane. I own check us out when you get a chance. We had Jeff Renevere, the Rennie, the real estate guru today, and it was awesome. Cross the Streams podcast, React segment. We got a full episode interview. Kane jumped on with his good buddy Jeff Renevere, a.k.a. Rennie, who will be infamous now. Uh, Kane, it's been a while since we've been on together. We've been doing a lot of segments, but we haven't connected. Yeah, I know. It's been fun to just see all the different segments that pop up, and then realize wait a minute we've never we haven't actually been on the same podcast in the last probably four episodes right well see that i think i blame you and your wife for having a baby you know they really get in the way of things you want to do there's no question man <laughs> it's, it's part of this whole girl 
responsibilities. And I, I'm just not sure if, if I like it so far. I'm still testing it out. <laughs> it's crazy because we were even, we spent last weekend together up with Kane and Carrie and Ava in Seattle. And with my three children, your infant, we didn't get a single second where we, I brought all my podcast stuff like we were going to break away. And leave the wives yeah. with the kids. Yeah, good yeah. idea, Kip. Yeah. yeah, how about that? How about our, just both of us, I think, what was that, Friday morning, we both looked at each other and we're like, yeah, let's, we should try and do a backyard barbecue podcast segment. Mm-hmm. And we both gave the thumbs up and like, yeah, that's going to be perfect. I brought my stuff. I got my stuff. We're ready to roll. And I'm pretty sure it was Saturday morning when we didn't even have to say anything. Nope. And we both had knew that, yeah, that ain't, that ain't happening. Nope. Because even if the children allowed us to do, even if the children somehow magically, all four of them fell asleep at the same time, at that point yeah. the wives would look at us like, where do you two idiots think you're going? Well, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. And we're yeah, even let's, doing let's this. Honest. Go ahead. Let's be, let's be honest. My, I had already put myself in a little bit of hot water anyway. Yeah. Friday morning and having snuck out to try and sneak in a 6.30 a.m. golf outing that turned out to be the reason the cause for my wife to not get her hair did. Yeah. Oh, I heard all about that from my wife because she told me if I ever tried something like that, the hell would break, <laughs> hell would freeze over before I should think about that because I was thinking about doing Orange Theory and Linwood at your club and she said, oh, so you yeah. can show up late like your brother did? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, and just lessons learned. Lessons learned in my right. young marriage and young fatherhood. Yes, and that's... On early Friday morning when there is a potential hair appointment involved, and there is possibly a confliction in there, and, and somehow can end up... Uh, it's just not a good idea. No. Mind, anyone out there that uh, has any inkling or ideas of trying to speak out or speaking around of golf when your wife has a hair appointment... I advise against it a hundred percent. Hey, and tell everybody how we're fil- how we're recording this one. This is the versatility yeah. across the streams. Yeah, this is this is new for us. I am currently on the road in Montana. I'm back. I'm back in the four hundred six. I'm on the drive back from Bozeman to Billings to, to hang out with our parents, and we just decided, you know what, we got to get one in. And Absolutely. So here we are. Yep, here we are. I mean, it's, it's versatility. We're not in stereo like the Michael Rappaport show, but we are versatile. We don't need a studio. No, no. Studios <laughs> are overrated, and we're never, we would never be able to get in the studio together anyway. That's a so great we point. We improvise as best we can. That would be a terrible business investment if we rented studio time for our lives. <laughs> And speaking of investments and good investments, that leads me right into, I think, one of the best you know guests we've had on, and I don't say that just because he's a good friend of yours. I just think Jeff Renevere, who you had on here, Caldwell Bankers, uh, Managing Director, he's got a perfect combination of voice and sense of humor. He might need to be on a lot. He's really good. He, he really is. I, and I thought... I've been wanting to get Rennie on here for a long time. It just, we couldn't work things out schedule-wise. So I'm glad it worked out this time. And like I had said in the, in the interview, it was supposed to be the three of us, uh, myself, Rennie, and our good friend Dustin, who was until <laughs> we get him on here. And we can then refer to refer to him as Boy. Um, but we were supposed to do our fatherhood segment. 
out. Boy canceled on us, which just ended up being a one-on-one with Rennie, which I thought was great anyway. I was yep. going to do that anyway. Uh, so it timed up well. Like you said, I was just glad to get him on here because he's he, you can hear the passion he has for his, his real estate and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But you can also get a, a glimpse of just the, the humor that this dude had. Man, I could sit and listen to Rennie oh. rant about so many different topics. It's hilarious. Yep. It's absolutely hilarious. And some of the one-liners that he throws out there. I think um, Bud Itch was one of my favorite. It made his Bud Itch to pay, to pay his business coach $1,000 a month. <laughs> <laughs> the Bud Itch, the, uh, the turd in the punch bowl oh. line. That he, he just so nonchalantly throws out these phrases. Yep. It's hilarious to me. Yeah, it's really so. Let's start here for me. My reaction because I've met him obviously at the pig roast and some other events. The social yep. setting where Rennie can put on a show, he can uh, consume yep. beverages with the best of them, and is obviously hilarious. But I didn't know how in the hell did you, Mister Bobcat, become such good <laughs> friends with a hated grizzly? <laughs> that gets brought up quite a bit when, when the two of us are together uh, there's people that always bring that up like how are you two hanging out like, right this shouldn't be the case there is a rivalry if I'm, if I'm not mistaken yes and yeah there's a, there's a big time rivalry when it's on the field in between the lines but out outside the lines I I would admit I have grizzly friends <laughs> don't say that so loud and um, and Rennie is just one of those guys that once you get to know him you really are able to look past the fact that he wore the maroon and silver. Now, did you guys um, actually take snaps against each other? I was trying to cross the timelines from what he was saying. 99 was his freshman year? Yeah, so we, we would have in 2000 2001. Okay. Um, so those would have been the two years that we would have crossed over. Yep. And so the, he doesn't, we don't talk about it a whole lot because, again, I think we try and avoid the topic to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but he, so he doesn't. I don't recall uh, Jeff Renevere in my scouting report. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I know he has brought up that uh, our good friend Roger Cooper, uh, myself, Joey Thomas, some of our guys on the defensive side of the ball uh, were definitely brought up in their scouting report. Yes. Um, but, so, and he'll, he'll crack on himself a little bit in that regard. Yeah. Uh, uh, but how we actually met was via Roger Cooper, who was coaching at Bozeman High School at the time that Rennie was. And so those two kind of had a connection initially, having coached together. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, kinda we're, we're in the same social uh, area quite a bit. And over the course of time, we just developed a really good relationship. Yeah. No, oh, absolutely. Next, you know, I'm standing up there with him in, in his wedding. Right. So, it's funny, man. It's funny how things work out. Absolutely. It's almost like being friends with a Republican or a Democrat, depending on what side you are. And there's you're so close, but there's one door that you try not to open that much in your that's, relationship. That's a good uh, analogy as far as, you know, there's some things you don't bring up at the table uh, with your family and friends. Politics yep. being one of them. Yep. If you got a cat and grizz, you just don't bring it up. Nope. You just let it, you let it be, you know. <laughs> Hey, what about uh, the thing? One of the things that he talked about, I thought was a, a you know, he talked about that kind of as his cross the streams moment, which I think was unique. And that I think a lot of people, when he described his beginnings, when he was just kind of in charge of whining and dining investors, 
right? Or real yeah. estate, you know, and when he was just for the title company. And he described his day-to-day as lunches, coffees, and golfing with some beverages afterwards. I think a lot of young people probably especially would be like, man, that's a hell of a job. And then come to find <laughs> out, you know, Rennie's like, man, I was bored. I didn't want to do yeah. that anymore. That I thought that was an amazing, because a lot of people probably when he asked, like, hey, I think I really hate schmoozing and having a great time trying to earn business. I want to jump into this. I'm sure somebody yeah. had to bring up, dude, you live in the dream. But it ended up being a great decision for him. You're, you're exactly right. Like I, I didn't even know that. I, that was before we met, obviously. And so I didn't know that part of it. I thought he was already in the real estate biz when he came to Bozeman. And so that part of the story, I was like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I, I see him as that to a certain extent. I see him as a guy that is very sociable, mm-hmm. uh, very good as far as, uh, in first hand, first person introductions, or, or you know, your first meeting with people, and yeah. be able to schmooze, I guess is the proper word. Mm-hmm. And, and for him to say, yeah, I was probably really good at it, but that wasn't what I wanted to do. Those of us listening, or those of us out there that have experienced that, where yeah, I may be good at this, it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Right, and that's a tough thing, especially when you're good at it. That's a tough. That's yeah. a very cross the streams type moment. It's easy when you're like, man, I am butt naked last in this industry, this league, this whatever. That's easy to cross the streams. It's harder when you're good at something and then take a risk. Uh, I loved where he talked about, and this resonated with me because you know me, I, I love numbers. You know, as a coach, I'm an analytics disciple. And so when Rennie started jumping into cap rates and Kane, just listen to this, 300,000 by 30, that's 10%. It's real simple. You know, and then he also he said some of his agents, like, you know, their eyes glaze over when he dives into numbers. I totally, ref- I completely was in, I felt him because my staff sometimes like, good God, coach, that's seven Excel sheets to get down to the fact we can't rebound. We were aware of that. I loved it. Telling me that his agent's eyes were glazing over, <laughs> my eyes were glazing over. I literally, I, I, I can't help myself. I kind of tune things out when people start throwing numbers at me. I'm the complete opposite in that regard. Right. Not that I'm terrible at math, anything on those lines. It just that's not me. I'm not that. I don't go in that realm very well. I was glad that you jumped in because he said cap rates and you said, oh, yeah, like you knew what the hell you were talking about. But then you followed up with, hey, man, for the layman's out there. (laughs) Exactly. Again, even after he explained it, it still was like, okay, yeah, I kind of get it. Moving on. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously, it's just so fun. That's why I like this. Like what we're doing with this podcast, as far as bringing on guests, our friends, uh, former players, former teammates that are out there doing these things that we don't know about. Right? We have zero, you know, not necessarily zero knowledge, but we don't have that much knowledge. Right? They're absolute gurus. Yes. And it, it would be like me sitting down and, and explaining to my friends our match cover three that we play at the University of Washington. Yeah. Like a lot of it, the generals they would probably get. But there's some details of it. They're going. They would be like, what? "Okay, you lost me way back then." Yeah, who's you know? covering that guy? <laughs> exactly. Just tell me who's got who, and forget everything else. Right. It's kind of like when he was explaining the little details and the numbers. I was in the end like, "Okay, is it a good investment or not?" Yeah. What do, what do we got? Right. You know? The one of the things that I I really liked. I thought. 
um, applied to us, you know, just on the coaching side of things, trying to crisscross and apply some of what he does to us. When he said they always are thinking about recruiting, training, and retaining, didn't that sound like something you would hear in, like, you went if you went to a new program and the head coach or even an athletic director would be telling you, yeah. we got to recruit the best people, we got to train them to play husky football, and then we got to retain them and make them love it? I mean, I, we say the same yeah. thing just with different terminology. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could build any sport. And really, I mean, like he said, any business, that's the essence of what you do. Yeah. Starts with the people. Recruit the right people. Yep. And you got to train the right people. Train them slash coach them. Yep. Yep. And then ultimately, you got to try and retain them and retain their service. Yep. Yeah. It's the parallels, man, like I said during the interview, the parallels are, are, it's just so funny to me. Yeah. Every time we talk with people and we have these interviews. There are so many parallels to what we do as coaches and what they do in, in whatever realm it is. Yes, absolutely. And it, it, it's all, it's, it's, you want to have, you can't carve out time because, like you said, life happens. He's got a baby on the way. You just had one. Voice is a little bit older. I've got my three lunatics. But you need, like, you know what? I need at least 48 hours with this person at a table, notebook with some beverages and food, and then I just need to sit and ask questions. And I mean, my I could take away like two dues for Bearcat hoop based on this because I'll tell you right now, if you look at the retention side on retaining, there's a lot that I think coaches overlook when we're coaching them and we're recruiting these studs. We forget like our juniors, like they gotta want to be here, they gotta want to love being a player. And so, what exactly are we doing? We plan everything else, and then we're just like, oh, he should be happy. No. Like, year by year, what are we doing to make this person love being in purple and gold or cardinal and gold? Great point, man. It really is, especially in today's environment as far as kids, the transfer. I mean, yeah. everyone's trying to transfer, and, and rules are making it even easier to transfer. Right. Um, if you lose the best people that are on your campus right now, including right. even your coaches and your coaching staff, yes. you lose a lot. Right, and think about like as a coach, and you got you and I have talked about this before on the podcast, and just with each other. Like sometimes you can get into task completion versus people management, and you just check off. I did this many film hours. I did this many hours on the phone with recruits, and that kid that texted you that he needed to have lunch, you brushed off. You know, or that kid that came by the office, you said hello to, and you probably should have spent 35 minutes just talking to him, but that doesn't necessarily compute with either yourself or even maybe society's thoughts about what a coach is supposed to be doing, Um, because that's not on the video game. You know, remember the old NCAA college football? You didn't have points to spend in retention, so everyone spent their lives recruiting, even on the video game, and think they've got that down. Meanwhile... You've got three classes of kids, you know, maybe for you guys with NFL early entries, three classes, two classes, that you got to keep those kids happy. And I, I think that's that was yep. an awesome thing from him. Um, one yep. more thing that I thought about when you guys were talking about your best friends, and this is probably true for a lot of people's circles, you know what each other does. Like you could write their job title, but you truly don't know. It made me think of Martin and Tommy. And remember, he's like, Martin, you know, he was like, Tommy, what in the hell do you actually do, man? Like, that was so true. Thank goodness for our podcast, right? We kind of get some of those answers. There's 
no doubt, man. And, and like I said at the beginning of, the, of this interview, just kind of talking about what this podcast is all about, it, it's going in a lot of different directions. Yeah. Like we started off with this initial, this is what this thing is about. But as we've progressed, we kind of are going in a lot of different directions, which I like. Yep. And one of those directions I think that, that we're starting to catch on to and really enjoy is just getting our, our friends and family on this thing and figuring out what exactly they do yes. for a living. Yes. And you just figure out, wow, I got interesting friends. Right. Who would have thought? Yes. You know, we, we talk about all this surface stuff a lot of the times. We really do, oh, how was your day? How was your week? And you really don't dive into the actual details of everyone's week, of mm-hmm. day-to-day operation. Mm-hmm. And once you really do get, that, get a chance to do that in this kind of format, you figure out, wow, my friends are really smart. They're really, they got their stuff together. Yeah. And they're doing some really impressive things. Yep, and I think that's it's it's hard, not hard maybe maybe at our job just because the nature of them like you know you and the Pac-12, me college basketball the scores and the season those are really easy conversation starters when you're together with your crew. You know, one of your buddies can ask, "Hey man, how's the season? Saw the score," and that leads into yep. you talking about your job. But it's harder for like a guy like Rennie. Like now you have something like, "Hey man." What's going on with your agent group? Like now, you wouldn't have known that. You'd be like, do you sell any houses? Exactly. <laughs> like, you, you don't know. Hey, I, this this the, the cool thing with you guys talking. It, it was less an interview and more of a conversation. Any parts yeah. you want to make sure people jump into? Because it, it was a longer one than we usually do, but at, that's because there was so much. It was such an easy flow between you two. Any points yeah. of that you want? You want to point back to people before we wrap up the reacts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I, there's like you said, it is kind of longer. So at the, I want to say it's almost at the hour mark. I, I asked him about specifically about what it is or what it's like to work with his wife. Yeah. Uh, they started their own real estate group together, and, and uh, she jumped into this thing with him. And it's it's an interesting conversation. It's a really good one. It's, it's funny the way he describes it and describes that uh, dynamic, the workplace dynamic with your wife right there. Yeah. Listening to him and how Kelsey and him are, are handling their dynamic is pretty funny. Yes. It, it's, a, it's a fun listen. And then the other one is uh, when I just ask him specifically as far as tips and pointers in the real estate business and kind of things that trip people up and kind of his outlook on that, I think is an interesting listen as well. So. Absolutely. And you're crazy if you don't think the next time I'm in the housing market, I'm not calling Randy and saying, hey, what's dumb and what's not? And give me all the numbers on a spreadsheet, please. Kip and Kane reacts. Kane's interview with Jeff Renevere, uh, Caldwell Bankers Managing Director. And it's Renevere Investment Group, Renevere Real Estate. What's what's their Real own estate. group? Yeah, Renevere Real Estate Group. Renevere yeah, Real Estate Kelsey. Group. We'll have to tag all that. Uh, in, on our Twitter, uh, in our in our emails, if anybody needs uh, any information on Jeff, don't worry, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We'll cross the streams. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the streams was bad. <laughs> <laughs>